0: So my dad pulled me aside one day when I was seven or eight, and maybe you've had a similar experience as well. He put a glass of water on the table in front of me and asked me if it was half empty or half full. And I fully remember sitting in the living room thinking about my answer for a very long time. I couldn't wrap my brain around the fact that both were true. How two seemingly opposing facts and circumstances, a half empty glass and a half full glass, were both true and also not true. Of course, this concept doesn't just apply to whether you're a pessimist or an optimist. It has implications in how you perceive the future, how you respond to fear and the unknown, and how much satisfaction you derive from everyday life. Because how well we manage the balance between two opposing forces or circumstances is what determines how well we respond to the changes and challenges in our lives. And that's what this episode is going to explore. Take a listen and stay tuned. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of The Purpose Filter. So I hope you are doing fan-frickin-tastic because I'm doing pretty great. So this week, I had a week off and I was really, really trying to stick to my workout routine waking up in the mornings getting my workout in getting some morning light and then just letting that set the intention for my day and i've been feeling really good getting stronger hydrating taking care of my body and my friend says oh i'm in town do you want to have dinner so i go oh yeah sure absolutely I went to go pick out a pair of pants and this pair of pants I bought maybe two years ago. I've never actually worn this pair of pants outside of my house because they are tight. They are still too tight on me. And incidentally, by the way, I learned that on TikTok, if you wrap the waistline of a pair of pants around your neck, that tells you whether it is too big, too small, or just right. If It's too small on your neck, it's going to be too small on your waist, and vice versa. It's wild, but it works, okay? Try it if you didn't know. Anyhow, the past version of me would have hated my body, treated it with disdain, and be like, oh God, I'm just, why can't I lose the weight? Why can't I fit into these pair of pants, et cetera, et cetera. And I remember seeing a tweet from a trainer who said, liking or embracing your body and wanting to change it are not mutually exclusive. I remember thinking, huh, okay. As in, it's okay to hold space for both, this duality, that wanting to change our body, either appearance or performance-related goals, and liking or embracing where we are with our body, they don't have to be in opposition to each other we can make space for both. And I I like to think about the root of this, which is ambi, right? In English, A-M-B-I, which is derived from Latin, ambo, signifying both, ambidextrous, ambivalent, you know, that sort of thing. And that's what I really wanted to explore in today's episode, which is this duality that we see so often. And I see this so often at work, balancing something like hope, And reality. You know, a lot of teams will kind of recoil or they're afraid of giving patients and families hope because we know that people will take really anything and cling to it, which is okay and totally normal behavior. We expect that from people when they're in these situations, right? But a lot of times teams and residents, attendings, different teams will think that it's being misleading if we don't paint the like absolute worst and most bleak picture for a patient and their families regarding what's going to happen with a patient's condition. And sometimes it's warranted, right? If a patient's numbers are really just terrible, they're really on maximal life support four different pressors, like medications to help keep your blood pressure up, and their oxygen saturation is just like, You know, in the 20s and 30s, when it should be in the 90s, and their blood is just totally acidic beyond the level that we think could sustain life, then it's like, all right, we're going to have to paint a really poor picture for this family. And then other times, there's more room for hope. And it's something that can be really difficult to navigate, especially in hospice and palliative care, holding space. For both of these things, myself included. And I know that when I'm in the weeds, that it's probably because I'm too close to the situation and I need to take a step back and get a different perspective. Again, everyone deals with this kind of differently. But it's the same with trying to balance something like empathy and self-preservation. Sometimes the scales tip in favor of one or the other. Like, have you ever had a friend who is just constantly coming to you for advice and they have a very complicated life and a lot of issues and a lot of emotions and you try to help them and be there and be supportive, then it just ends up being nonstop. Like, if you set a boundary with this friend, it doesn't mean that you're a less empathetic person. It's not going to be like Santa moves you from the nice to the naughty list because you decided like, hey, I might need to create some space between you and I with this situation. It just means that you're trying to make room for both because going too far in one direction or the other is harmful, not just to you, but probably also to the other person as well. Or if you're considering making or have already made a change, whether you're starting a new job, moving somewhere new, learning a new skill, you have to be able to make room for discomfort, for uncertainty, rather than pushing it away. Because if you just focus on those two, the discomfort and the uncertainty, you're going to keep yourself stuck. You won't move forward. You'll be paralyzed by anxiety by fear, by doubt, by overthinking. If you simultaneously can say, okay, discomfort, I see you, and I also realize you're a necessary component of my life transition. Do you see how that totally changes your perception? And do you also see how that can be the difference between feeling stuck and taking action? You see, we're so used to black and white thinking. Seeing a situation as all good or all bad, like something terrible happens and we're like, oh, there's nothing good about this at all. And it's human nature. It's easier that way. We like to compartmentalize things. We want things to be wrapped up in this neat little box with a pretty little bow and it all fits and it makes sense and we get to live happily ever after. But you know what happens, right? Life shows up. Like that guy who had five shots of tequila at the office holiday party and is like, I am here to fuck shit up. (laughs) Because guess what? Life doesn't make sense sometimes and certainly not in the moment. And I say that because I'm recording on September 11th. And as you know, I think a lot about the Towers Ground Zero this time of year. If you're kind of new to the podcast I recorded two special episodes around this time last year. I think it's episodes like five and six and special two-part series about 9-11. But I think about the people who had these kind of near misses. There's so many stories about people who should have been there that day, that morning in their office and for some reason did it. Like there were people who got stuck in traffic. They took an express train, but it ended up going local instead. Someone's car broke down, so they had to take it to get fixed before they could go to work. Or this one flight attendant who normally should have been on that flight but couldn't get switched into it and was just like really upset that she couldn't get on that flight and had to fly into another city instead of her usual leg. And it just makes me think, no matter how thinly you slice something, There's always two sides. And you know what it also reminds me of, this duality. I had a family meeting at the beginning of COVID, and this patient was the matriarch of the family. She was a physician, her husband was a physician, her two kids were physicians, and like one other family member was also in healthcare. And so she unfortunately had COVID at the very beginning. She was brain dead. She had a big, massive clot. And we were telling them in this family meeting, and it was very obviously somber and upsetting. And at one point, they're like, oh my God, we just, we have to go home and we're going to have to clean out and go through her stuff. And one of them was just like, oh my God, she has so much shit. And then they all started laughing. And this was, again, at the very beginning of COVID when everyone was wearing N95s everywhere. So crying at that time was just really miserable. On top of the emotional wreckage, you just had salty tears and snot in your mask. And it was just, I just remember laughing with them because it was almost such an absurd situation that you kind of can't help but laugh, if that makes sense. Like if you've ever been to a funeral or a wake and obviously the tone and the vibe and the energy tends to be pretty down but then someone tells a story or someone reminisces and they're like oh do you remember when this person did that and everyone has an uproarious laugh and there's possibility to hold space for both of those kind of like when you're driving on a highway, and there's traffic, and you get up ahead and everyone's rubbernecking because there's like this really terrible car crash, or in a horror movie or something, it's gruesome, but you just, you just can't look away, right? Like, oh, I'm kind of disgusted by this, but I'm kind of also attracted to it, so I'm not really sure how to feel. That's the sense that I'm talking about, that we can have these emotions and these states of being coexist It's just about finding what works best for us. And just think about it. The best characters on TV or in movies are the ones who aren't just villains. They're not totally bad or totally good. They have elements of both in them. Like the one I can think of off the top of my head is Walter White from Breaking Bad. Such a complex character and that's what made him so compelling and made the show so compelling as well. Cause people are complex. Life is complex. And my patients have been the ones who continually remind me of this. They're the ones who show me that it's possible to hold space for life and death, for fear and courage for desperately wanting their situation, their disease, their life to be different, and also accepting the reality of what is. I've had patients who tell me, you know, I'm going to hope until I take my very last breath, because hope is what keeps me going. And they'll say this to me even as they tell me that they wouldn't want to be resuscitated because they believe that if my heart stops, that's my time. And if it's my time, then I'm going to go in peace. And again, it's one of these things where you see the courage that people are able to pull from themselves They're able to surprise themselves at how strong they actually can be during some of the most difficult times, the most difficult time, I think, for so many people that they could ever imagine. And if these people are able to do it, what makes us think that we're not capable of doing the same for things that are not nearly as pivotal as life and death, right? It's just that perspective that makes you step back and be like okay they are a model of what's possible and so if that can be possible for them then maybe it's possible for me too in my own life so as I leave you this week I invite you to ask yourself what can you intentionally make space for What seemingly opposing forces can you hold in both of your hands? Can you be happy where you are and still want things to change? Can you turn, "Mm, I'm not where I'm supposed to be right now in life, into, you know what, maybe not knowing is actually part of the journey, is actually part of the plan. Can you be scared shitless and do it anyway? Can the worst experience you've ever gone through also be the one that completely changes your life for the better? There's an immense power in the duality, in the and and not just the or. If you search for more moments where you can hold space for both, for half empty and half full glasses of water, I guarantee that you will find them. If you look, you will find. The same goes for your personality, your identity, the roles that you play in your own life. You are not just your job. You're not just a parent. You're not just a spouse. You're not just a daughter, a son, a sibling. You are that and. Something else. You are what you strongly identify with and the possibility of something more if you choose that you want more. And like I said, how well we manage the balance between opposing forces, how well we manage the balance of all the different facets of who we are is what determines how well we respond to challenges, how well we respond to changes in our lives, and it determines the quality of our life moving forward. So that is your action item for this week. Find the duality. See if you can hold space for both, for more than one thing at a time, and see if that brings you a little bit more peace, see how that quells your anxieties down. Watch how your worldview, your perspective, your life quote-unquote filter changes, and then notice how you change, how you are transformed because of it. Thanks for listening. I will see you on the next one. So there you have it. Holding space for two opposing things can be as easy and as quick as a mindset or a perspective shift. But to do it intentionally and consistently is a skill. The good news is that it's a skill that anyone can master. And I hope you start incorporating it so you can apply the benefits to your life now. And again, I'm opening up a few coaching spots for select clients who are ready to invest in themselves and their future. And if you want to do one-on-one coaching with me, if you want to get unstuck, to rediscover your purpose, your passions, and work together on a roadmap to get you from where you are to where you want to be, and more notably, to who you really want to be, head on over to my website, L U Y I. K A T H Y Z H A N G dot com. Book a free consultation with me. I will leave the link in the show notes. And as always, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. I'll see you next time.